get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Do you feel like there's something more you want to dive into in your business, but a fear of failure has been holding you back? Well, today, Anita is joining us to give you a dose of inspiration, knowledge, and high vibe energy to have you walking away from this episode ready to take bold action. As a creator of Word Fetty, host of the Brand Fetty podcast, a speaker, educator, and a brand and copy strategist, Anita knows a thing or two about building brands. And today she's here to share her story with you to inspire you to achieve your own unique version of success. So let's dive in and get the party started. Welcome to the Honestly Imperfect podcast, Anita. I am so pumped for this conversation with you. We know each other in real life, so I know that we're going to delve into some juicy topics to help listeners move through imperfection and take action on their dreams. So I'm really excited for this conversation with you. Me too, lovely. It's going to be a goodie. I can feel it. So to kick off, for listeners who don't know anything about you or what you do, can you give us a little glimpse into your world and how you serve business owners? Yeah, totally. So hello, everybody. My name is Anita and I am the founder of WordFetty. Um, I like to say that we help brands who kind of like to not do normal, create a dent in their industry through the power of psychology and words. And we do that in predominantly two ways um, for us to actually do it for the brand or we've got business owners and fellow copywriters who learn how we do it through online education and courses so yeah that's my jam and as you said you're the CEO of WordFetty you're a copy messaging and business strategist and you're a podcaster now when I was looking at all the things that you're doing the first question was how in the world does she do this How do you juggle delivering such high value to so many people? What goes on behind the scenes of that? I'm going to answer this in two parts. (laughs) I think um, the first part of it is it's actually externally, it might look, okay, yeah, there's a website for this, there's a website for this. But internally, there's definitely, let me tell you, there are days when it actually looks like it's just like a vortex of, wow, a million tabs open in Anita's brain. I guess when it comes to really getting logical with how, first of all, I have truly an incredible team at WordFetty. We have an incredible team that we're close knit. I'm not like, we're not the biggest agency. Uh, There's only five of us but we're close-knit, we have each other's backs. And I think that in and of itself, I would not be able to do or we would not be able to deliver the work that we deliver without the team. I think that's one. I think number two for me, how I kind of jump into, I guess, the different realms because there are days when I really sit in WordFetty and then there are days when I also sit in on the personal brand doing podcasting. I love podcasting. I love 
also diving into work with one-on-one clients in the mastermind. So with that, I think it's more designated days. But as I mentioned a little bit earlier on, there are days when it's just, it's all mushed up. Today is actually probably one of those days too, where it's all a little bit mushed up. But I guess to wrap that up in a bit of a, a bit of a bow, it's, I'm still sometimes figuring out how I do it all. I think, yeah, if I'm to be honest, this is a podcast all about being real and vulnerable. There are definitely days when I'm honestly, like, I'm still honestly figuring it out, Alicia. I'm still figuring it out. There's no day that is as rinse and repeat where I do the same thing and have it all figured out. I really don't. That's the best way for me to explain it (laughs) by keeping it real. And how do you, while managing a team and a personal brand and an agency and clients, how do you switch off in the evening? Oof. That's a good question. So my husband and I, uh, he actually just owns a business as well. We have had to actually, this is going to sound so dorky, but we have actually had to, there's two ways we go about it. We actually have Friday date nights, which is both. It's in both our diaries. Some some of you guys might be judge, so judgy right now, but um, we have that in the diary and we actually look forward to it where we each take turns to plan each other's date nights. Sometimes it could just be as simple as us making a really nice meal at home. Sometimes it could be us going on a bit of an adventure. Um, One night, actually, recently, we went with no agenda and we ended up getting like last minute tickets to Hamilton, the musical. That was fun. So we have more, I guess, ways that we actually put in the calendar. And I guess the other way that we switch off You know, I think for me, I have really learned how to go from, okay, I've got around 20 things on my to-do list, which I just keep on adding more things on because it makes me feel good to take it off to just dissecting it to three key things I really need to do. And if my body and how I feel, and I feel like, look, I could probably do it, then maybe, but I think I've kind of let go beyond that where I'm just like, look, I'm just adding things on the sake of adding things on. (laughs) So I think for me, highlighting three key things. And one thing I'll point out too here, those three key things, one of those things doesn't, they don't all have to be business related. I think one of those things for me, for my Wednesdays, for example, one of those things is actually for me to take extra time off to just have white space, to think, to journal or to write uh, certain ideas down. It doesn't mean I had to be in and doing really stringent work. And I think that's the thing I had to unlearn a lot where I was like, okay, it has to be hard for it to be good work. Like it has to be feeling like really stressful or really hustly for it to be determined as good work. So yeah, that's the other thing. But um, yeah, I try to kind of envelope it as three key things I really focus, want to focus on on that day and then sticking to that. Yeah, I love that. And I love the date night idea. And I think as well, if there's listeners who don't have a partner, like date yourself, create your own bougie date night. Like actually sometimes let's hope Liam, my partner doesn't tune in, but sometimes it's more fun. It (laughs) is. It actually is. I actually love days where I just get to, I don't know whether you do this, but there's days when I just like go into whether or not it's a spa, whether or not it's a drive somewhere and just sit by the beach. My happy place is the beach. So yeah, when I go I'm for a drive, yeah, there's just nothing better than just to sit there. You have this instant sigh of like, ah. so yeah. yeah. 
you look into the ocean and you're just like, okay, all these things that were rattling through my brain, they don't really matter. Like it's okay. I can, I can get through this. Yeah. When we first met, you were just running Word Fetty at the time, which I didn't want to include the word just because Word Fetty is an incredible company on its own. But you've made this transition into creating a phenomenal personal brand as well and a real community around that. What was that transition really like going from serving clients and doing that sort of one-on-one client work to stepping out on your own and really coaching people? Okay. So let me paint a little bit of a vivid picture for the listeners. For me, around end of 2019, I was severely burnt out. Very, very burnt out.com or slash Anita was not okay. And I laugh now, but it was not funny at all. Like it actually got to the stage where I think one day, I think I was actually about to go to a photo shoot um, for like more photos for the brand. And just beforehand, I completely like blacked out and I like, I fainted and I was working back then probably 14, 15 hour days. I would just keep going, keep going. It would be 5 PM. And then I'd feel like the day has just started. And anyway, I fainted. I remember Dean, my husband now took me to the doctors and the doctor was just, God, do you want me to write you like a medical certificate? You probably should just like, you know, rest. You need to rest. I'm like, funding. I don't think you understand. Uh, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> Who am I going to give it to? So I was, I got a bit better. I had, um, had some water and literally within hours, I then drove to go to my photo shoot. And to this day, I don't think many people know behind some of the photos I use. I literally fainted a few hours before. And after the photo shoot, I think that was a really big moment for me because I was just like, whoa, this, how I'm operating, how I'm being, who I am right now. One, it's not sustainable. Two, this is actually getting to the stage where I feel like if I keep going like this, it's also not going to be good for both the team and also our clients. And I think for me, three, when I really look at it from an equal eye lens, I was also like, you know, I should be really happy with where we are, like, and what we built. And the brand was actually doing well. Leads were coming in. They were pretty much overflowing and we were struggling to keep up. And I was like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like, if I'm to be honest, like I felt like I built a cage for myself back then. Mm -hmm. I literally felt like it was a cage and I was just like, this is ridiculous because this is exactly what I wanted. And then it wasn't until probably, like I said, 2019, 2020, in between Christmas and New Year's, I took a good five weeks off because I actually had to because I didn't have the energy that I was like, well, hang on a second. Is it actually what I want? And I think, Alicia, like when we build businesses, when we build a brand, when we go from corporate, I went from corporate to building this as a side hustle to then starting a business, I don't think often we stop and pause to consider what success means and looks like for us. I think we jump straight to maybe we invest in a mentor, we invest in a coach, or we look at what's on the interwebs. And then we're like, oh, someone's claiming to have had a, I don't know, six, seven figure, eight, nine figure year oh, wow, maybe that is success. Or you might have someone be like, look, this is how you scale a business. This is how you grow it without first 
taking the time to consider, well, actually, what do you want before we actually look at that? They jump straight to being like, oh, just because I've coached other businesses that are just like, this this is how you scale without first actually taking the time to consider, but what do you want? And what is that? What impact do you want to create? And it wasn't until I was like, well, hang on a second. I think I am legit and have legit been building this business based on almost all these different other people's definition of success. And don't, get me wrong. Like I've had incredible mentors and, you know, incredible advisors as well, but I don't think for once I considered what impact I wanted to create and what that looked like and felt like for me. And it wasn't, it took for that burnout episode for me to sit down, have five months, not five months, five weeks of just sitting down to consider what that meant for me. For me to only realize that it's not this, it's not just this. Learning, for example, learning has always been a key element of what I see life to be. Like, this is me getting all philosophical now. But when I really think about just, oh, life well lived, like where to really get um, deep here, like I honestly feel like there's nothing better than to actually go exploring, adventuring, but also learn different things from different perspectives and all of that. But what I felt back when we were in our very traditional agency model was we were just doing the same thing. It was just churn. It was like a churn machine. And I was like, I don't want to be part of, you know, no, like not trying to be offensive or anything. I didn't want to create something that was very churny. I wanted to create my own, our own way to doing what we do in a way that's sustainable to everyone in the team. And I might point out here, like, I know if I burnt out, my team would have burnt out as well. So yeah, I think that was a massive watermelon to the head moment for me. And that was the moment then I got very intentional with what type of business or agency slash education arm we wanted to create. And that was also the catalyst to us building a digital and online learning arm. We kind of somewhat let go of some of our service clients back then. We were honest, transparent as to why, because we were wanting to build the digital arm. Yeah. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so then we just let go of some of our service clients, which was like uh, the cash flow for us. And yeah, COVID happened in March. That was nice. Let go of clients in Jan. We're supposed to get married in March. That didn't happen either. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this digital arm needs to work. <laughs> Uh-oh. So yeah, that's the real, real talk, actual moment that's led us to where we are today. I think that's so great that you share that because the next thing that I think about is you're in the midst of COVID starting, <laughs> your wedding's been put off, you know, you've got all that movement happening in the business with clients and that sort of thing. How in the world do you create the clarity and the focus to build out this digital arm that is now working really well for you? How did you go, okay, what are my next steps? How can I find focus and calm and be grounded to move through this? Because I think a lot of people might be in that burnout place, especially if they run an agency and they might be going, I want to try something different, but I'm just so burnt out and depleted. I don't know if I have any more energy. How can they decipher what next step to take? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, first of all, we launched the digital course by selling it before we made it. 
So that was the first thing. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of, especially service-based business owners who are thinking of going into the digital course arm, the biggest mistake they make is it's very fair. I felt it too, where it's just like, well, I can't actually create this digital course without I don't have space. I don't have time because all my time is getting consumed in client work. So you're telling me to create this thing. I don't have time. And I guess for me, that was a very intentional decision for us to somewhat in that year de-shimmer the service arm to be able to create the space. That meant we also went backwards. So we went Mm -hmm. backwards for a good four or five months. And for me personally, I also had to stop looking as and I mentioned this before, as success is purely just like, let's double it. Let's double it. Let's like go to like 10x. Stop looking at it as like this thing that's just going to keep growing like this, but more as a slingshot. So I think for me, I also had to be comfortable with us going backwards for a few months, knowing what I was working on. It wasn't going to be a sprint. It was going to be more of a long-term element. And two years on, we've only started to now, you know, a lot of our service clients have come back like humbly, like, And it's only starting to grow as its own thing now. So I think for me, because we still somewhat had service clients back then and we wanted to grow this digital arm, I knew for me to actually validate this and actually pour in time and energy to create this curriculum, I wanted to make sure this was something in demand and some something that was also validated. And by validated, this is not just from someone through a Facebook or an Instagram poll being like, yeah, I want that. Validation actually means someone willing to invest in their time, their money and effort into solving that problem. And until someone is willing to hand over their time, their cash and effort to actually jump into this program, it's not validated yet in my eyes. So for me, I started to put this idea out there. Uh, When I first put it out there, there wasn't as much reception. And so then I tweaked the messaging a little bit. And I kept tweaking the messaging until people were like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed. This is exactly what I've been wanting. This is how I feel. And then we did it more. We start talking about that messaging more because people were resonating with it. And then we onboarded 20 beta students onto the first round of Word Fetty Awards, which is our now signature program. I ran that. And I also hosted it somewhat live. So I think if I was to try to make it all recorded in full on production mode and all of that, I would have given myself another reason to delay this further. But I was like, no, 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 it's in my head. I just need a very, in a way, just bullet pointed element as to how the 12 weeks are going to go. I'm just going to run and I'm just going to deliver it. And what was really awesome was by delivering this as beta, I was getting live feedback from people who joined and I would then massage it for the next week to make sure it was just the creme de la creme of what they want. So this entire curriculum then, by the time I officially launched it in, I think it was May or June, when I officially launched it, that was actually almost like a co-creation with the 20 people who I've been working with to really make it as powerful as it could be for them before I actually full on launched it. So looking back, how did I, to answer your question, how did I, I guess, do this when, you know, I just come out of being burnt out and how did I create that focus? I think for me, there was one part that was just like, well, I'll just let go of our service clients. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this needs to work. 
<laughs> this needs to work. So there is that one bit. But I think the second element to it is, you know what, it was actually my look into, I want to have a bit of fun with this and there is no way, like it's going to be very hard for me to fail because I'm just data collating at the moment. This is playing, experimenting. And I think my approach to how I looked at course creation couldn't be the fact that I must make it absolutely perfect. I must make it like full on production, hire a videographer, do this and that. I was just like, no, I'm just going to have a bit of fun. I'm just going to have a bit of fun. I'm going to experiment a little bit and see what people want and then massage it a little bit so that by the time we launch, it is what people want. Like, So I kind of approached it as a bit of a fun experimentation. I'm going to show up and give my 110% to the people who sign up kind of feeling and as I'm saying this, I realized too, this approach was also very similar to how I started Word Fetty as well. It was just supposed to be something that was fun, experimental, test and play. And I think, you know, we saw so much of this during COVID where businesses just innovated within like literally a week or a day, yeah. right? And I think the more and more we can embrace that, there is never one way to launch something. I think I launched that through like one email and people say you've got to do it with a webinar I didn't have a webinar when I first launched this we do now we're testing a lot of different ways to launch it but there's never one way to do something and I think I really embraced and had a lot of fun with the whole digital course launch and I think knowing you as well I see it in you but also in the risks that you've taken and you have a lot of self-belief in backing yourself and you also have a very magnetic energy about you if anyone is lucky enough to meet you in person how do you cultivate that self-belief when you're taking risks or you're doing things that are maybe a bit scary I think two things come to mind I've had to really redefine what scary actually means scary doesn't actually mean don't go there or scary doesn't actually mean you shouldn't do that at any time when we're doing something that is different, we've never done it before, of course it is going to feel scary. But does that mean you shouldn't do it? No, because if you are if you want something that you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. And I didn't want to go back to that repeater pattern. And I knew this is going to feel very different. <laughs> so I think for me, I had to look at each time that I feel scared or nervous, that doesn't mean it's an alert system to not do the thing it might just be an alert system to be like oh this is new this is new this is new you've got a choice are you going to bring in the strategic brain and being like okay so is this what we want to do is this going to align to the business and the life that we want to create and I think to that point a question I always consider is is this decision that I'm about to make going to help me create the business I want to become or is it going to ultimately just be a decision to help me keep the business and maintain it? Is this a business decision based on the business I want to become or the business I want to maintain? And that is a big difference, by the way. And I have, I'm going to put my hand up, where I've made business decisions based on simply band-aiding it and just maintaining it because that's what I've always known. But is that going to be the place where I want the business to be? No. By doing the same thing again, you can't expect something completely different, right? So I think there's that bit. Um, I think the other bit to it is, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier on, where I think 
there isn't really anything too bad that can actually happen. Like you can't actually, I feel like I've failed my way here in a way, like even if worse comes to worse, and this has come into my mind, I've thought about this as well, where, okay, we just let go of our service clients and we need to make some cash <laughs> and the digital course is not working out. The worst thing that can happen is what? We continue to, I don't know, lose, let's just say three, four months worth of revenue. We go in the red, but what's the worst thing that can happen? It's that, but I also know, and again, I think this also comes from, I guess, leaning back into our strengths. I also know by diving into, again, testing and playing, we'll still be able to find another way. We'll be able to find another way, another opportunity for us to bring in that revenue if we needed to. And I think the element of making money is not lost by the thing that you do. It's a skill. The skill stays with you, the ability to make money. So yeah, I think that was the other thing. I was just like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, like we go in the red for a few months, but what what could happen if this actually worked out? And I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I love that. And I love, you know, how you said, ask yourself that question. Is this for the business that you want to be creating or is this for the business mm. as it is now? Because I think, you know, even for me, I can look at decisions that I make and they might seem like small decisions, but it's keeping the business where it is now. I think it's great when you come up against that thing that might make you feel uncomfortable, whether it's showing up on social media or saying yes to speaking at an event. It's asking yourself that question and likely you're going to be like, this is taking me where I want to go. I'm mm. just going to face the fear and do it anyway. So I love That's that. It. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that question in and of itself has helped me a lot whenever I feel that fear or that discomfort, because very easily you'll be able to dissect whether or not this is a decision that's going to take you to where you want to be, or it's a decision that you're really just doing to Band-Aid. And if you were to look back at, you know, the journey that you've gone on from that place of burnout to where you are now, if you were to go back to that version of yourself and say, okay, you need to add these things into your toolkit to start looking after yourself what do you do now that you wish maybe you implemented earlier? Yeah, okay, a few things come to mind. I think I have this almost like voice in my head and I feel like a lot. some of you might resonate where it's almost like come Sunday, it's like a PT version of Anita. I give her the name of Anita, oh, no, Tamara, sorry, where it's just like in my head on Sunday being like, oh, you should probably do some emails. You should probably do this. You should probably do that. And I think for me, I, there was always this voice where I would be like, okay, if I do some now, then I can rest. <laughs> if I do some today, then maybe I can switch off at like, I don't know, 4.30. Uh, it never happens. It never happens. And I think for me, if I was to have a conversation with myself now, I need to, it's 110%. I now lean back into focusing on me and my well-being and my health first because I know, and this has taken a long time, I'm not perfect in it yet, but I think if I'm waking up one morning and I'm like, whoa, today not feeling great, instead of pushing myself, I know that if I'm to deliver the best work to my clients, to our students, as well as show up for my team, if I'm not at my 110%, that, that stuff is contagious. 
that mm-hmm. stuff is contagious. So I think for me, being able to actually voice, use my voice and being like, hey, I'm not feeling 110% today. Like I need an extra two hours or maybe slow the day up a little bit to actually recoup that energy. And I think being in the creative industry, and I feel like you'd resonate with this, I wish I could just have golden nuggets come out like 24-7, but that doesn't always happen. But that comes with rest. So I think that's the first thing I would say, really see rest as actually being productive and not to be a reward that you get once you tick certain things off because you're literally setting yourself up to fail and you're literally going to be a hamster on a wheel chasing for this thing called rest like why why are we like this (laughs) why are we like this so I think that's the first thing that came to my mind seeing rest as also being productive I think the second thing that comes to mind is I think it's really important to to surround yourself with people who and actually keep each other accountable in elements like this where I think and I'll use Dean my husband as an example he just started his business uh, second year in and he is in this mode of, and I had to hustle too, don't get me wrong. I feel like we all had to hustle at one stage, but I think we both keep each other accountable in that regard where I think by both of us actually seeing, hey, there's so much more like in the pie chart of your life, work is not a hundred percent. In fact, there's actually been a study to show that true happiness comes from 40% of intentional activities. The intentional activity could be work, but it actually also comes from other things that make you zing. And that could be, I don't know, going to the beach like or something else. And that in and of itself helps us in moments of challenge when we are facing it in our work, in our relationships, in our personal life. And when we start to see it from that lens, And having someone else, whether or not it's a friend, whether or not it's even a partner or having a dog also helps because the dog will look at me and be like, hey, 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 (laughs) pick me for a walk, please. It helps because it gets me out of the house and do these things that create these positive emotions in me that in and of itself helps me become a better business owner, leader, and just all around, you know, friend to wife, all of that. So yeah, that's probably the second thing that came to mind. I love those two so much. And I really love, I feel like so many people can take that away knowing the difference between those two voices. It's like, is this my PT voice that's trying to- Give it a name. Yeah, give it a name. Like think of like a really vicious name for your PT voice. Mine's Tamara. Sorry for any Tamaras listening. (laughs) Yeah, And I think it's so important because sometimes, you know, this is a journey I've had to go on is understanding the difference between my thoughts and knowing that you are not your thoughts. And sometimes we can think that thought that we're thinking, we have to go and action it because that's who we are. But I think it's important to know the difference and to be able to separate it and go, is this maybe my anxiety kind of flaring up or do I actually need to just settle here and watch the next series on Netflix and chill out and show up as the best version of myself tomorrow? Yes. And you know what you just reminded me of? I think so often people have this layer of awareness of that, but the thing is they try to shut it down and they're just like, nah, 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 shut it down. But the thing is, instead of shutting it down, I have this analogy where it's like you're you're driving, you're driving and 
you know, you've got your gremlin. We'll give it Tamara. <laughs> Tamara, the gremlin. <laughs> that's just like, no, nah, you've got to go this way. You've got to do another five hours of work. You've got to do this, this, this. And it's trying to change the GPS. It's trying to change the music, trying to get you to go that way. And you have a choice. Are you going to let Tamara take the wheel to drive you to this destination of, I don't know, burnout? Or are you going to be like, okay, cool, cool, Tamara, I hear you. I hear you want to change the music. I hear you want to go over there. Uh, But today I'm going to go this way. I hear you. I know you're saying these things to protect me and all of that. But you can be in the child seat. I'm going to put the seatbelt on you. And uh, you're just going to read a book. (laughs) You have a choice. So... Yeah, that analogy always pops up in my mind. Put Tamara the PT in the back seat if you take anything away from this episode. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I love that so much. And this year, what are you excited for? What's coming up that you're just feeling really pumped that you can't wait to get into? I would probably say this year I am, well, first of all, personally travel. All the travels, Dean and I going on our very belated honeymoon that has been delayed like three million times. So three years later, (laughs) we get to go. So very excited about that. I think overarchingly for the business, I would probably say I'm really focused on really just building an incredible positive, but also empowering, positively challenged would probably be the right word within the team. Like just we're doing really fun, good work. We're also positively challenged. So I think just more and more of that. And I'm just excited about, I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, I actually don't know what's going to be on the other side. And I'm excited about that. Actually just not knowing what that next thing is. Older Nita would have been like, oh, let's plan it all out for the next like three years. Okay. Uh, But I think that went down a black hole when COVID happened. And I'm like, you know what? I just spent like a day or two planning out my entire year and it's all gone to the hole. (laughs) So I am now going to lean into a little bit of the surrendering and it's actually a lot of fun that way. I'm leaning more into surrendering. So yeah, That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you and for sharing your story and everything today. So big, big thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.